Welcome to HealthCast. I'm your host, Melissa Harris. The Federal Electronic Health Record Modernization Program, or the FIRM, is well underway as a federal initiative to create a single common federal EHR to enhance the healthcare experience for patients and providers. The single record EHR initiative began with the Departments of Defense and Veterans Affairs, but has expanded to include the U.S. Coast Guard in August, as well as a massive network of hospitals and clinics through its Joint Health Information Exchange. Although the cross-agency EHR modernization effort is truly broadening beyond the VA and DOD, we're taking a look at the military's new EHR implementation and modernization leadership in today's episode. But just to back up a second, it'll help a lot to get an understanding of the organizational view of how DOD's EHR effort fits into the broader firm initiative. Within DOD, the Program Executive Office Defense Healthcare Management System is overseeing the implementation of the military's new EHR MHS Genesis. While DHMS and office equivalents across the VA and Coast Guard implement the EHR, the firm guides each agency and ensures that the common EHR's rollout is smooth in that interagency implementation. This understanding of DHMS and the firm is important for this conversation, which is with DHMS's new acting program executive officer, Holly Jors. DHMS used to be led by an official named Bill Tinsden, who transitioned to direct the firm at the end of this summer. Jors stepped in as the new lead of DHMS in Tinsden's place after previously working both under him as deputy at DHMS and as interim deputy director of the firm. With that in mind, Jors has an incredibly unique perspective in this conversation both at the military and at the larger cross-agency levels. She discusses how demand for data is a centerpiece of her work, recent waves in the EHR modernization process, and the impact that COVID-19 has put upon her office and the military health system. Off the bat, though, Joris discussed her work at the firm and how she's taking her past expertise to fuel her current work back at the DOD side. It was about this time last fall when I was asked to go over to stand up the firm. And prior to that, I actually was Bill Tinston's deputy. So obviously familiar with the work that was being done here in the PEO. And over the last year, we really forged a strong partnership between the PEO and the firm and also uh, with the program office at the VA so that we are able to focus really on what it means to be a joint system, to be a single common record. And as I come back over to the PEO space, it's really looking at how do we build on the strong work that Mr. Tinston did here in the PEO and continue to build that partnership. One of the most recent accomplishments that Jors and the firm have accomplished is in expanding their joint health information exchange by signing with Commonwealth Health Alliance, which, as Jors mentions, enables easy digitized record exchanges with providers on the market for federal health beneficiaries. One of the things I really wanted to highlight with that partnership with the firm and with the VA is focused on expanding our health information exchange. Starting back in April, we launched a single gateway for both DOD and VA health information exchange with the private sector. And just last weekend, we were able to expand on that with the Commonwealth Health Alliance. And that really opens up the door to about 15,000 more providers 
So those providers that aren't just in big healthcare networks, some of the mom and pop shops to be able to share patient information for purposes of healthcare. So for example, if a DOD beneficiary has to go to uh, say an emergency room or something out on the private market, when they go back to their doctor in the military health system, that information is available to the provider without a fax or without a phone call to get there. And so it really expands what we're doing in this space. And it just highlights one of the areas that we're able to look at from a partnership perspective across the joint space. And of course, as the federal EHR grows beyond the DOD and VA, this exchange of information and expanding health record will include other agencies like the Coast Guard. The U.S. Coast Guard actually went live on the common record on August 29th, and they went live at four sites in the Pacific Northwest and uh, are working planning to the Pacific Wave. So it really truly made it a federal common record. So it's not just DOD and VA. And so we are looking at expanding that partnership going forward. Within the military health system itself, too, DHMS is on track to complete its MHS Genesis EHR deployments by the end of 2023. Even within the past few weeks, there were more successful deployment waves. We're on schedule to complete the deployments for the end of 2023. We have several waves that are in stage right now. So we've kicked off. We actually just had a kickoff in San Antonio this week for another set of deployment waves. So it's pretty exciting, all the activity that we have underway for uh, 21 through 23, right? It'll be a lot of deployment activity. When we talk about interoperability, though, it's interesting. Um, we really do have a single common record. And so when we talk about the Coast Guard and the VA, while there may be some configuration or workflow, unique aspects between uh, the DOD and VA for how they operate within the healthcare system, it really is a single system. And so what that does is it, it really takes the interoperability word out of the specific EHR, right? So when we talk interoperability, it then becomes a discussion on interfaces with other systems, where are you pulling in data from outside the EHR, interoperability with medical devices. And then when it comes time to look at from a data perspective, it's really about advancing interoperability with the private sector. And how do we build on the strong work we've done with the joint HIE and Commonwealth and continue to pay that forward to expand our coverage uh, across the marketplace so that the clinicians have the data they need to provide care to the patient at the time they need it. So this record truly is common. It's not even an issue of interoperability across the DOD, VA, or Coast Guard. It's all one connected EHR. I just wanted to emphasize that bit. But already, these most recent go-lives within DHMS alone Jors was able to share notable success stories on her end across the military health system. You know, there's a couple of stories I guess I'll tell from the recent go-live. One of them was the confidence in the system for mass immunizations. The very first day of operations at one of the sites, they were able to do a scan of records for about 700 Marines to see what their shot records entailed and be able to do immunizations for those who had gaps in their records and really do this at a pace that far eclipsed what you could do on the legacy side. So no more carrying a yellow card around for the shot record, right? You'll be able to look at this instantly, see what immunizations are on the record, can reduce the number of immunizations that are done. It really was something that was amazing that they had to do that the first day of operations on our go live. So I think that'll be a tremendous improvement for readiness going forward. 
Another example of how it's affecting patients, not just specifically related to healthcare outcomes, but at Fairchild Air Force Base, there's a story about uh, a family with nine children, and they were spending most of their time shuttling kids back and forth to the doctor. And the visibility that we have with the system, they're able to look at scheduling. And uh, one of the folks at Fairchild was able to look at it and say, hey, we can optimize the schedule for this family and get everyone sort of scheduled at once and be able to work through that and provide them their health care at one time instead of constantly uh, coming back in for appointments. And the visibility of the single system is able to provide that for them. So those are just a couple stories of what we're hearing from patients and providers. I mean, we get anecdotes like that and also obviously collecting data to understand the value we're providing. And since George has both expertise within the DHMS and the firm, she has a unique view of both her own program office and the grander scope of the EHR initiative. Across these areas of work is the common focus around data availability, access, and sharing, and how the EHR's ability to provide data is critical to healthcare delivery. Here's George's perspective on the opportunities and challenges that come with meeting the demand for health data. One of the things I learned from working in the federal space was looking at the EHR as foundational, as central to healthcare delivery and getting the right information in the hands of the provider. But it opens up to a broader conversation about data and the focus on data and looking at getting the right information to the right place for the right decision maker. So that could be in the clinical space for clinical decision making. It could be information on analytics for operations of the military health system, or as we look at data elements, they're needed to support theater operations and readiness. And so as I look at the PO, it's really about how do we build on that foundation and connect the data to where it needs to be. So data is a strong focus for both DHMS and the larger federal EHR modernization initiative, but data is only useful if it's in the right user's hands at the right time, as you heard Jules say. So her office works closely with providers and other customers across the military health system to make sure she's delivering the EHR and data appropriately and optimally. Obviously, feedback is essential to everything we're doing, whether that be deploying the EHR, improving the capability that's delivered, or as you talk about the example you gave with registries, that's really about tying the data together and not just keeping a registry, but how do we use it at the point of care? So there's been a lot of work done with opioids, for instance, being able to track those registries and how do we integrate that with MHS Genesis so that it gives the right alerts or potentially does automatic activity depending on the data that's fed through that registry. So we're looking at where that data is captured across the board. How do we rationalize all those activities? So when I talk about the demand, I mean, people are being responsive to needs across the military health system. And so one of the things that we're looking at is how do we pull all of that information together? How do we rationalize it and create a standard enterprise approach to how we do that and integrate it within MHS Genesis? So that's kind of one area uh, that we're getting that feedback, and that's really from a provider and a functional perspective. I would also say that when I talk about getting feedback from the user as part of our deployment, just this last go live, it was really amazing to hear the excitement to adopt the system and the tremendous leadership at each of the sites to guide their teams through adoption. And so it's not just, you know, we look at data, we look at things like 
you know, some metrics to see, okay, are we improving safety with medication? How are the barcode systems improving that activity? How are alerts improving patient safety or provider experience? But we also get anecdotes and it's kind of exciting to hear people talk about their chart time being reduced. Everybody knows that within electronic health record, obviously time is needed to click through the charts. But when we look at ways to make it easier for the provider and improve usability, that's the kind of feedback where we can take that and go forward and figure out how to improve that experience for the providers, which ultimately ends up impacting, right, the patient, right? So if they are spending less time ultimately charting or doing something, then they're able to uh, focus, you know, their time on the patient. So we get that feedback in terms of anecdotes. We also, you know, you talked about other areas, clinical, I talked about registries, but the focus on virtual health has been something that I didn't talk about when we were talking about COVID response. But one of the things we learned through COVID was it really was a catalyst to advance digital health technology so that, you know, if a provider and a patient are separated, you know, physically separated, that we are looking at what are those things that we can do to improve that experience. And that could be um, tools for virtual video visits, It could be um, being able to allow more information on the patient portals. Those are the things in the virtual health environment that we are really looking to capitalize going forward. So we're working with the functional community to get input on how we can respond to that demand and provide additional capability in the virtual health space. COVID-19, of course, has brought challenges to the military health system, as well as federal health agencies and the country as a whole. But if anything, for JORS, that has pushed her to coordinate more closely across agencies and to deliver greater capabilities to the military health system to ease the stress that they're already enduring with the pandemic. You know, as I look at the challenges coming in as PEO, one of the first things is making sure that we continue this partnership in the federal space, continuing to strengthen it. I think we're seeing this at all levels of the organization, so not just at the leadership level, but really at all levels looking at how do we expand on these opportunities in the joint space to leverage the capabilities we have and deliver more capability to service the beneficiaries, whether that be a service member or their family or veteran. Obviously, you know, given the timing of things, we're all having to deal with the impacts of COVID. And so clearly that is something that becomes, you know, a challenge that we have to deal with. My timing coming back over was just before going live at the next set of sites. So at the end of September, we delivered MHS Genesis at 10 sites for 4,000 additional users. And that was after really taking a pause on site engagement this spring. At the height of the response to COVID, we took a pause to make sure that those healthcare providers were able to focus on the COVID response. And this summer, as we re-engaged, started looking at how we operate in, quote, the new normal, right, that everyone's dealing with. How do we accommodate social distancing? How do we ensure that the folks get the training that they're needed when maybe there's you know limited opportunities for travel. So we were able to capitalize on uh, virtual environments as much as possible. And it really kind of changes the way we think about being able to train for deployment of the system. We were able to institute things like mock go lives and learning labs for folks to get their hands on the configuration prior to the cutover. So while COVID presented challenges to us, there were also some opportunities to think about how we deploy and how we do things differently to maximize the time we have leading up to deployment. 
I guess I would say one other thing, um, you know, outside of the EHR space, it's really one of the biggest challenges is the insatiable demand for data. And I think you probably get this from most people you talk to, right? It's all about data and it's all about what we do with that data. So with the focus coming in on connecting that data and that significant demand signal for analytics and how we ingest and capture and use that data, it's really looking forward at sort of harnessing that into a deliberate process, how we prioritize that and how we tackle that significant demand. So those are just a few of the challenges I see. I mean, I think it's really more about opportunities we have to leverage what we're seeing in the space now and create a a roadmap for future capability delivery. With regard to COVID impacts for the rest of our portfolio, I think one of the big aspects, as I talked about, is you know the demand for information. So in terms of pandemic response, there is a need to keep track of registries, vaccinations, how we track information related to PPE. All of those things get tied together in dashboards and get fed to those in leadership to see the site picture for pandemic response. So that's one area we've been able to engage. Another area where we were impacted, I say, kind of the positive is being able to respond in the operational medicine side of the house, launching a uh, medical common operating picture to be able to pull in data for COVID response to feed readiness information. So that is another area. And then just, you know, in terms of challenges, just like anyone else in this world, right, adapting to working in a remote environment for our teams, keeping the team synergy together as we're doing that and kind of being able to use new tools. So I don't think that's any different from any other organization that's been facing this over the last, you know, eight months or so. It's how do we adapt to kind of this new normal today and still achieve our mission. And I've been really proud of the team for keeping marching forward as we adapt to this new environment. As DHMS continues to deploy MHS Genesis, deliver data to end users, and uplift the military health system throughout the pandemic and beyond, I ended by asking Joris what she sees in her future leading the PEO. Recently, DHMS released a solicitation seeking a solution that leverages new methods from the private sector to uplift the PEO workforce and solutions delivery in an effort called Workforce 3.0. Efforts like this, as well as working around data, are foundational to Joris's approach to work both now and in the future. You can see there's a recurring theme here about being about the data, right? While we are an IT acquisition organization, it's not about the IT specifically. It's about the capability we're providing and about getting that data to where it needs to be. So I want to foster a culture that is responsive, is focused on customer needs, and is not afraid to be innovative and learn from those. So we want to be able to drive solutions to provide the best healthcare at the best value. And part of the Workforce 3.0 is really about how do we shape our workforce to be able to do that? Because it's not just about the IT. It's about the people who are focused on delivering that capability and being able to adapt to those demands. So, I mean, you know, with each of the programs within our portfolio, certainly there are, you know, priorities we're looking at from a technology perspective. But it's really, you know, one of my main goals is shaping the organization for future work to be able to respond to the adapting and changing health IT needs. HealthCast is a production of Government CIO Media and Research. For more podcasts, head to governmentciomedia.com slash podcasts. If you liked what you heard, let us know by leaving a review in iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. HealthCast is produced by Amy Kluber, hosted by Melissa Harris, 
Adam Patterson, and Faith Bryan. If you're interested in sponsoring a podcast, contact us at sponsor at governmentcio.com.